The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, and what a great year, because this is the year we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. In fact, it's getting closer and closer. It's this July, July 26th, and you know what I've been doing? I've been sending quotes Every day on Twitter at 9 o'clock a.m., Monday through Friday, with quotes from different disability leaders almost for a year now because I wanted to give a gift back to the disability community. So check that out. And a special hello to Yoshiko. Yoshiko Dart, my good friend, wife of the late Justin Dart. Hello, Yoshiko. I know you're saying hi back. And we are going to have a great show today. First of all, our guest was just named very recently the new president of the National Down Syndrome Society. Um, She is going to have a fantastic opportunity to lead the civil rights fight for the equality of people living with Down syndrome, and she is ready to go on her charge, and we are so delighted to have her with us. Uh, Sarah, we're welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. I'm so happy to be with you this afternoon. Well, it is happy to have you here. And Sarah, is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, we're. Okay, Okay, just making sure there. Well, Sarah, when I read your bio, your resume, I thought it was very interesting that you did work in the private sector because many people have not, you know, their whole life. They've worked for a not-for-profit. So I thought that was interesting, and when I read all that, I was wondering, okay, how did you go from that to becoming the president of the National Down Syndrome Society. So how did that happen? (laughs) Well, I I guess this has been a long time coming. I'm originally Joyce from Kansas. I'm from Kansas City. And growing up, I mentored for a young woman with Down Syndrome. So after college and, and grad school, I got the D.C. political bug, as many people in Washington, D.C. do. And came to Washington, and I worked for a lobbying firm for a number of years and actually um, worked with NDSS in a number of different capacities while I was at my firm. I also worked for a major pharmaceutical company, and I guess it's been over three and a half years now 
um, when I joined NDSS on staff, I was brought in to run our Washington office and really reorganize how we um, did our advocacy work on Capitol Hill and in state capitals across the country. Um, so it's been three and a half years since um, I joined the organization, and of course, I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, but I have to ask you, why the National Down Syndrome? I mean, what led you originally in that direction? Well, you know, of course it was my inspiration. I, I worked with um, a young woman in Kansas, Casey, and, you know, got to really know Casey and her family and the challenges and the opportunities for that matter that, you know, Casey had at a very micro level. I wanted to work for an advocacy organization that advocates for people with Down syndrome, all, for all people with Down syndrome across the country. Um, NDSS is really unique in the sense of our legislative agenda and the issues that we work on really span the lifespan of an individual with Down syndrome. So obviously, we're very involved in educational issues to transition to post-secondary and employment opportunities, as well as looking at um, how do we improve the quality of life of somebody with Down syndrome through medical innovation. And I really wanted to work for an organization that focuses on the individual with Down syndrome, you know, from a holistic perspective. Well, that is awesome. I know there are listeners that are not necessarily familiar with NDSS, so maybe you could give them an idea of the size um, and, you know, your overall writing mission. Sure. So NDSS, we're a a national advocacy organization. Our mission is to be the national advocate for the value, acceptance, and inclusion of people with Down syndrome. And we've been around since 1979, since our founder, Betsy Goodwin, established the organization in New York City. So, you know, we're in our Um, 36th year of providing the best information on Down syndrome out there to our families and self-advocates that need it. Um, Our organization is about a $2 million organization, and we have several major programs that really support how we serve individuals with Down Down syndrome and their families across the United States. Okay, well, that's good because I feel that people with Down syndrome absolutely need uh, a national advocate. And before we go any further, I want to ask you, if someone listening to the show today wants to make a donation, because as we all well know, you know, although, you know, I'm a woman living with epilepsy and I have a national company, that works on the competitive employment of people with disabilities and accessibility issues. However, we're for-profit. But, you know, as I always tell people, when you're a not-for-profit, guess what? You're still a business. You still have to bring in money. And without money, you can't do all these wonderful things. So if someone wants to make a contribution, what do they do? Absolutely, and, and, and thank you, Joyce, for, for bringing that up. You can go to our website. It's, it's very easy. It's just ndss.org, and we have a tab right at the top that just says Donate, and it, it's simple. You can do a donation online. You could pick up the phone and call our 1-800 line, or you could just mail in a check, and everything is right there for you, and it's very simple and straightforward. 
again, I want to remind everyone, remember, you know, it's not that everyone goes out there and they can just do all these things. They need money to do all these things. So always remember that. Uh, and Sarah, when I was looking at the website, um, it was clear to me you do a lot of things. You have a lot of programs. But maybe you could share with our listeners what some of the major programs are. Absolutely. So we have four programmatic pillars at NDSS that really guide our mission and guide the way that we're able to support individuals with Down syndrome and their families. Um, our, of course, major um, programmatic pillar is our National Advocacy and Policy Center. This allows us to be effective advocates at the federal, state, and local levels. And we're consistently advocating for individuals with Down syndrome through major pieces of legislation, whether it's a vehicle that needs to be reauthorized, which means to revise a piece of legislation like the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or now we're very engaged in the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, or No Child Left Behind. We're constantly advocating for these pieces of legislation through our National Advocacy and Policy Center. We, um, as an organization also run the National Buddy Walk program. So if you've ever participated in a local buddy walk, it's an incredible experience. It's a day and an opportunity to come raise awareness for people with with Down syndrome and promote advocacy. We have over 275 buddy walks across the country that bring out almost 300,000 people a year to participate in a buddy walk. And, and through this program, we raise almost $13 million for the Down syndrome community. And over 90% of that money stays locally so that our local organizations can really be the boots on the ground for families that need the best information and those, those support programs locally. Our third programmatic pillar is public awareness. Uh, NDSS is front and center in every media story that involves an individual with Down syndrome. We really pride ourselves on igniting new stories about people with Down syndrome and other disabilities in the community. Uh, Joyce, you mentioned employment. We're working on a major employment initiative to bring a new public awareness campaign, a new public face of people with Down syndrome that are working and, and working competitive and integrated jobs in their communities. And so through our public awareness arm, we're able to be front and center in, in the media. And then finally, we have the best information on Down syndrome through our website and our materials. And so our community outreach programmatic pillar allows us to get information in the hands of new and expectant parents that may be receiving a diagnosis of Down syndrome, whether it's prenatally or postnatally uh, tomorrow, we're able to get them the information that they need so that they understand what Down syndrome is and what Down syndrome and the expectation is in, 20, in 2015. So those are our four programmatic pillars. We're extremely proud of, um, of the four programmatic pillars, and um, our staff takes great pride and their different roles and responsibilities of the organization. That is so, and I'm so glad you mentioned that last part about education, you know, for uh, parents, because I just cannot, I'm sorry, cannot accept it, 
that people uh, abort when they find out that this child has Down syndrome. That is absolutely, to me, reprehensible. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why anyone would think to do that because there are so many beautiful, wonderful people with Down syndrome that I have met. So I would encourage you to go to that website, read all about it, get information before you make any decisions. Go to the What, what is the website, Sarah? Sure, Joyce. It's www.ndss.org. NDSS.org. NDSS.org. Go check it out. You can either make a donation, read about Down syndrome, or do both, of course, but check it out so you know what's really going on. We're going to go to break right now, and then we'll be back with Sarah to talk more about NDSS. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Sarah. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back. If you just joined us, we are talking to Sarah Weir, the new president of the National Down Syndrome Society, and special thanks to Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Bear Material Science for sponsoring this show. Uh, Sarah, I wanted to talk about something that I know 
NDSS was extremely involved in leading the way for passage of the ABLE Act, which is so awesome. So first, tell us how this idea came to be, uh, and I think specifically with Stephen Beck. Absolutely. This is obviously one of my favorite things to talk about and something I'm very passionate about and um, something that, you know, our organization is extremely proud of um, being involved in this effort. But the ABLE Act stands for the Achieving a Better Life Experience Act. And this legislation, this landmark legislation, I should say, was nine years in the making. The idea for ABLE really grew out of a kitchen table um, around um, in Northern Virginia, actually, after one of our local Down Syndrome organizations' uh, board meetings. And what took place that night was just parents, advocates talking about the inequities that exist in our system for people with Down syndrome and other disabilities to be able to save for the future. You know, up until December, people with Down syndrome and other disabilities couldn't save more than $2,000, $2,000 at any given time. And if they saved more than that, they would jeopardize their benefits like Medicaid and Social Security, benefits that our community and so many others rely on for that extra support and those extra services that individuals need to live full and meaningful lives. And during that conversation, that kitchen table conversation, um, grew out of this idea. What if, what if we came up with some legislation that changed this? And, you know, a, a long story short, you know, somebody at that table knew, uh, you know, a chief of staff to a member of Congress and said, let me, let me go talk to John and let's pitch this idea to him. And John pitched it to his boss, which was ultimately uh, Congressman Andrew Crenshaw from Jacksonville, Florida. Congressman Crenshaw had no connection to the disability community, but he loved this idea because he loved it because it's not just about saving for the future. It's also about breaking down barriers to employment for people with Down syndrome and other disabilities. And so for nine long years, eight, or eight years, um, four Congresses, we worked, um, you know, tirelessly to pass this legislation, worked with other organizations like Autism Speaks, and what we did was build the probably most authentic historical advocacy effort behind this legislation. When we passed this bill, we had 381 co-sponsors. That's 381 out of 435 in the House. Wow, wow. And, and 78 senators, 78 out of 100 that co-sponsored this legislation. And the real reason we were able to make that happen was because of our advocates. It was people with Down syndrome, people with epilepsy, with autism, fragile X, calling their members of Congress, tweeting them, emailing them, Facebooking them, and coming to Washington year after year and telling their personal stories. And it was parents, it was people with Down syndrome saying, I want to work more and I want to save for the future. And it was parents saying, you know, what happens when my adult with Down syndrome outlives me? How am I going to know that they're going to be okay and have the resources 
to live that full and meaningful life. And so at the end of the day, we pass this legislation as a standalone bill in the House, and then it passed with um, the tax extenders, the the end-of-the-year tax extenders package in the Senate, and then the president signed it on December 19th. So we're very, very excited. Um, Since then, our organization has been front and center in the effort to pass state versions of the ABLE Act. You're probably saying, well, you took nine years to pass this federal bill, and now you have to pass state bills. Because the legislation is modeled after the college and university 529 plan, uh, we were required to come and introduce legislation in um, states. And we've been working on that effort. And what we've done is essentially taken the momentum at the federal level and translated that to our advocates in the states. And up until today, we've passed 25 state versions of ABLE. We have 50% of the entire country covered right now, and we're hoping that ABLE accounts will be offered um, to our families and to our self-advocates starting next year. Wow. Won't that be awesome? So right now you can't do anything then? What's that? It, it, when is that effective that you could start doing this? That's a great question, Joyce. So right now, we are waiting for the U.S. Treasury regulations to come out. We expect those to be out probably by the end of June or early July. And that those regulations will give financial institutions and the states guidance on how to implement their 529A or 529 ABLE accounts. And um, that I think that will give them, you know, six to eight months to work on that from their perspective. And we're hoping by middle of next year, self-advocates and families will be able to walk into a financial institution and open up their ABLE account. Oh, what a great day that will be. What a great day. And isn't there a limit? First of all, I know you have to have a significant disability and be under the age of 26. Isn't there also a max on the amount that can be put in, or is it unlimited as long as you forego uh, Social Security and Medicaid payments? No, so the annual cap on contributions is 14000 It's actually attached to what the gift tax rule is, and right now that's 14000 So that will hopefully or ultimately be adjusted for inflation year after year. Um, and then the $100,000 is for the individual or for the beneficiary of the account, when, once the assets reach $100,000 in the account, the individual doesn't become ineligible for Social Security. Your check is just suspended. And what I like to say to our families is the ABLE tool is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, families and the beneficiary are going to use it differently based on where they are in their lifespan. So an adult with Down syndrome who's working is probably going to use that account more like a health savings account. They're going to pay their rent. 
They're going to use it to go to and from work to pay transportation, um, maybe some extra job coaching or job supports. Uh, somebody who with Down syndrome, maybe a family that has a child that's born tomorrow, is going to use it to save for a post-secondary program or other needs and services that the individual may need for extra therapies um, while they go through early intervention. So the account can be used in many different ways. And thank God for that because, I mean, just as you said, so many people ask, so what then? And hopefully the what then is because of integrated employment, people will be working and mm-hmm. I just want to mention through Bender Consulting Services that we did find employment for two people with Down syndrome working at Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. First in the mail room, which is very high tech, and the one person has now been promoted up into more of a uh, administrative analytical area. So my point is... People can work if you find the opportunity for them to work. And I'm sure you have seen that. Oh, yes, I'm so excited about that. Uh, And you know what? I'm sad to say that when I met Justin, who now has been there probably eight to nine years, and this is the person that was promoted into a different group, um, you know, when I met him, people said to me, he only is skilled to cut the grass. Wow. And boy, were they way, way off. And he never misses. And uh, we have a holiday party where we have a 50-50. And 50% goes to Variety, the children's charity, which buys accessible uh, bikes for children with disabilities. It's called the My Bike Campaign. And so, guess what? You know, he won the half and half. And wow. he wanted to donate all of it, all of it, back to Variety. And I said, no, 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 you know, no, you don't have to do this. No, no, that's okay. And he looked at me and he said, I've never had the chance to do something like this and help someone else. I already have a job. Oh, I mean, how profound, how awesome is that? But I am telling you that story because if you're listening to the show, people with Down syndrome can work in integrated employment. You just have to find the job. And to find the job, you have to do a little work. But it is more than possible. And I know we're going to be talking about that in a little bit, but I know you do work on employment. Well, actually, you missed that earlier, um, and I actually am very excited to hear what you're doing, Sarah. That is really awesome. Great. Okay, well, hey, we're going to get ready to go to break, but if you just joined us, first remember this year we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, our freedom, our civil rights happening July 26th. Wow, so close coming our way. But you know what? There's one thing we haven't conquered in all those years. And that is, in fact, employment. With 
changes in the federal government, I think you're going to see a big change in employment also. But right now we're going to go to break, and then we'll be back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Sarah. Don't go away. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender Hey, welcome back. And, you know, there is something I want to do. I just wanted to extend my sympathies to the Biden family. Oh, what a terrible loss, losing Bo Biden. Uh, but just know this, Vice President, we are thinking about you. Everyone at Voice America is thinking about you, and you have all of our thoughts and our prayers uh, as you go through this trying time. Uh, you will come out because you have come out as, as a leader, and I know you will get in this area. But uh, my special condolences to you. And actually, what made me think of that is Sarah. Sarah, you were telling me about the signing. Was the vice president there? Yes, um, we joined the vice president back in February at the White House. Many uh, disability organizations were there to celebrate the landmark passage of the ABLE Act. It was a really great opportunity to thank a number of organizations and a number of advocates that really fought tooth and nail to get this bill across the finish line. Well, 
Thank goodness for that. And I'm sure that was a very exciting day uh, for all of you, for everyone. And, uh, wow, just think how many lives this is, that this is changing. So, something I want to talk about. I do volunteer work, Sarah. I have for the past 12 years in Delaware and in Pittsburgh, my hometown, um, volunteer work with high school students with disabilities. And when I first started, I thought I was only going to do it this one time until I heard how brutally bullied uh, children with disabilities are, and it is horrible. So I've been doing this now for 12 years uh, at four different schools, It's called the Bender Leadership Academy, and every single time at the beginning of a class, I say, all right, how many of you have been bullied? And this is all disabilities, uh, Down syndrome, epilepsy, wheelchair, blind. I mean, it's across the board. It's learning disabilities, uh, a lot of hidden disabilities that you would not know the person has a disability, and yet every person raises their hand. In almost every class, you can count on almost every person, if not all, raising their hand. So um, even when I was the chair of the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities, this was my platform, which was stopping bullying. And I know that this includes children with Down syndrome, especially um, when I see myself what has happened. So what is NDSS doing to help in this area? That's, that's a great question, Joyce. And, you know, we estimate, you know, the statistics are overwhelmingly horrific. You know, 85% of students with disabilities experience some kind of bullying um, in the school system. So we've done a number of different things. Obviously, we have a zero-tolerance um, position on anything that's out there, whether it's in the school, in the community, in the workplace, you know, or even online. There's a lot of bullying that takes place, as you know, through social media and other web portals. Um, We've been supportive of the Safe Schools Improvement Act, which um, ensures that at a federal level, schools are promoting school safety and have um, a no-tolerance bullying policy in place. Um, other organizations have been involved in this legislation, but it's, it's something we believe strongly in that it's just, you know, it's 2015 and we need to move past um, acceptance and encourage awareness of people with Down syndrome in the school system and individuals and students with Down syndrome have every right to be there and should not be um, a victim of bullying in, in any form. Right. Two stories I have about that. One is there was a young boy that uh, would come home from school with Down syndrome and seemed quiet. Parents didn't know what was going on. And then they find out that every day at lunchtime, he was being hit by this group of boys every single day. And the worst part is that the acceptance of a lot of this came from Facebook. The person that had instigated the bullying with a group of guys put it on Facebook, and the first person to like it was the mother, which is horrifying, 
absolutely horrifying. But, you know, just so you all know, a person with Down syndrome, when you're making fun of them, they know. Don't think they don't know. Because I see people say things directly to the person, and of course they know that you're bullying them. Um, so I'm sure, do you not hear this frequently? Oh, you know, absolutely. And with the rise in, in social media, you know, we're constantly, you know, reaching out to Facebook and making sure that they're um, they're aware of any bullying that's going on um, through their portal or any, you know, for that matter, pictures where somebody has pulled an image of an individual with Down syndrome and is using it in a very, you know, offensive um, manner and we just we won't tolerate it and we reach out and you know urge uh, companies to take it down immediately and I said I have another story and I do and it's Lauren Potter from Glee who yes. if you watch this know that she has Down syndrome and uh, Catherine McMorris Rogers congresswoman was part of an event on Capitol Hill uh, about bullying and I was invited and one of the speakers was, in fact, the actress, Lauren, Lauren uh, Potter, who said, tried to give her speech about how people used to make fun of her and bullied her uh, and called her names and excluded her. And she could barely finish because she was in tears. So, as I said, I don't care who it is, the person living with Down syndrome, when you do that, it hurts. I don't know why you would think it doesn't, but it does. It does hurt. And I don't know, have you done anything with her? Has the National uh, Down Syndrome Society done anything with Lauren Potter? Well, you know, it's, it's ironic that you bring up both Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers and Lauren Potter. You know, just in my own opinion, they are two just incredible women and incredible leaders for the Down Syndrome movement. Um, obviously, we work very closely with Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers. She was instrumental in helping us get the ABLE Act across the finish line, and, and we work with Kathy and her team on a daily basis to advocate for people with Down syndrome. She has a very special connection with her son, Cole. Uh, but with Lauren, uh, we actually just honored Glee, the TV show Glee, at our 2015 gala just a few months ago. And we um, really enjoyed our organization did having Lauren um, and her brother join us for the celebration in New York City. And Lauren accepted the award on behalf of Glee, and I couldn't think of anyone better to accept that award. <clears throat> what Lauren's been able to do in terms of finding her own passion and purpose with life as an actress and, you know, using her own abilities to play Becky on Glee has been fantastic for our community to raise the level of awareness, but most importantly, the expectation that people with Down syndrome can follow their dreams and, to your point earlier, Joyce, are employable. They can work in integrated and competitive employment settings and, uh, you know, we look forward to our continued partnership with, with Lauren and just continuing to raise awareness about what people with Down syndrome can do. And that leads me to the R word. Are we still having national campaigns to end the R word? 
Yes. So NDSS has obviously been involved in the campaign to end the R word. Um, We encourage, uh, you know, organizations and individuals to sign the pledge. You know, we still see individuals using the R word in very offensive and derogatory ways. And like we do with bullying, bullying, we have a no tolerance policy at NDSS. And anytime we see somebody use the R word, either, you know, in, in their community or, you know, in the media, we immediately react and make sure that we're using this as an educational tool to ensure that people do not use the R word and know that as they do that, it really is offensive to people with Down syndrome and other disabilities. And I do still hear this. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the old term mental retardation. The correct term is intellectual disabilities. But people still call people the R word that I just referred to and say this as if, you know, no problem. But it is a problem. And in our world, the disability community, it is highly highly offensive. You know, you don't do that because when you do that, it is just absolutely negative. Um, It is inappropriate. And uh, do not allow your children to say that. Teach your children now that that is offensive so that they won't make the mistake uh, of doing the same thing. And I think you would agree, Sarah, that whether it's in school at parties or on TV, it really hurts. Absolutely. It's, it's offensive no matter where it's happening. It is. Well, on the brighter note, we talked about moving people to integrated employment. As many of our listeners know, and I just read an article about this, there continues to be a wave uh, because of the Olmstead Act and the recent Olmstead Employment Act that across the United States uh, we're moving toward integrated employment versus what is referred to as sheltered workshops. And I wanted to ask you, Sarah, what are you doing in reference to employment? Great question, and you know this is this is very timely, and it's a very timely dialogue to have with the you know entire country on what it means to hire people with disabilities in very meaningful jobs. So we just have a couple of guiding principles at NDSS that we're focused on. Uh, first, you know, people with Down syndrome and other disabilities have the right to real jobs and real wages. You have to presume competence that individuals with disabilities can be competitively employed or self-employed, and we have to give access to services and supports that are necessary for individuals to succeed in the workplace. And then we have to focus on full integration, and you you mentioned a couple of different um, pieces of legislation and regulations, Joyce, that that are in place, but we need to move past that, and we need to integrate people with disabilities into the workplace, whether it's physically, functionally, or socially. 
And then we need to empower informed choice. So individuals with disabilities should be given accurate, up-to-date information regarding, you know, what are their workplace or what are their career options? And then what is that potential impact on their quality of life? And then finally, and, and I'll come back to this in a minute, but we must engage employers. We must engage different sectors to hire people with disabilities, whether it's the public sector, you know, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies. We need to create this organic effort so that employers are getting excited about hiring somebody with Down syndrome or another disability. And I think, I think we're seeing that. That's organically going to happen. Um, Since the passage of the ABLE Act, we've really broken down barriers for individuals to remain on their benefits and save money for the future. And in essence, it it kind of is an employment bill because you can go out and work more hours, but unfortunately, you know, we've... We've addressed the asset limitation. What I talked about earlier in this show is you can't have more than $2,000. But in ABLE, what we, really didn't adjust, what we really didn't address is the income limitation. And there's a monthly, a very low monthly income limitation for individuals with disabilities, around you know, $680 a month, which if you do the math, well below the poverty line. So how do we address that going forward so individuals with disabilities can work more hours, earn more money, and take those promotions that they deserve? And so our organization is working on some, di- some disability employment legislation in the next couple of months that will focus on what does employment look, for, look like for individuals with disabilities, essentially in this post-ABLE environment. And um, it's something we're very passionate about, you know, as the human rights organization for people with Down syndrome and their families in the United States you know, we know that employment is huge and there's a lot of challenges, but then there's a lot of opportunities because just like you, Joyce, and just like me, the majority of individuals with Down syndrome are going to spend their lives working just like the rest of the general population. And so we need to create these opportunities so people with Down syndrome can be successful and follow, essentially follow their dreams. Right, and they can do it. And I want to mention one other thing. Many, well, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, the uh, National uh, Arc Society came to Pittsburgh and had a national conference, and they asked me to speak, one of the people to speak, me, Walgreens, and Lowe's. So, you know, I went to speak, and I said, well, before I come, I have a question. Who will be speaking that has an intellectual disability? And they said, oh, we can't think of anyone. I said, oh, really, I can. <laughs> and I asked Justin, the person that works at Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, to speak. And he memorized this speech, and he was awesome, absolutely awesome. Why am I telling you all of this, folks? Do not label people with Down syndrome and think they only can work either A, in a sheltered workshop, or B, as was said to me, cut the grass or some type of, you know, job of this nature, they can work. They can work at a company. They can work. And uh, any companies listening to the show, you know, Justin, 
I don't know. I don't think he's missed a day of work in seven years. <laughs> and one day I went to speak about working with people with disabilities to, to the group, which, of course, everyone else was non-disabled. I'll never forget it because when I walked in, the only person with a suit on was Justin. So, you know, you are missing out. And, Sarah, how do they contact you at uh, the National Down Syndrome? So you can email us directly at info, it's I-N-F-O, at N-D-S-S dot org. You know, I think, Joyce, to your point about Justin, you know, there are a number of individuals with Down syndrome working in major corporations and small businesses, and we're hearing from uh, employers almost every day that want to create employment opportunities for individuals with Down syndrome and other disabilities. And they're coming to us and they're asking us how to do that. And it's very exciting. And like I said earlier, I think it's going to happen more and more organically as they're seeing other models be successful in the workplace. And you know what? I'm so sorry I forgot to mention my friend Randy Lewis and Walgreens because there they have the distribution center with people with disabilities from Down syndrome to autism and uh, very successful, doing a great job. You know, my close friend is Governor Jack Markell, the governor of Delaware, who when he was the chair of the National Governors Association, made a decision that his program, while he was in place, was going to be the employment of people with disabilities, which I could not believe. And everyone said, oh, he must have someone in his family with a disability. And no, he did not. Let me tell you what happened. He went one day to one of the, I think it was a credit card company, that had a special initiative where when they did work, uh, with marketing, whether it's making, uh, you know, uh, shirts, no matter what it is, this is in their company for profit. So it's not just people with disabilities, it's all people. Uh, that, and they're paid equally. Uh, anyway, a couple of the people had Down syndrome, and when he went over, Governor Markell, he met this one young man, and he said this young man was beaming that he was employed in integrated employment with benefits and a good salary, and he said, so how do you feel about having a job? On top of the world, greatest thing. Well, what did you do before? And he said, this young man said, I sat at home on the couch. Don't ask me, but some epiphany went off. And that's the thing. They got Governor Jack Markell on this mission. So you know, you just never know what one incident can cause. But I just think that's so awesome. Such a that, great Joyce, story. That's fantastic. And I'm, you, it's funny you bring up Governor Markell. Tomorrow I will see your dear friend. I'm um, heading up to Dover to, for the signing of the Delaware ABLE Act, which will be exciting. And I know Governor Markell was excited to get it across the finish line. Oh, I love him. You make sure I tell you, you tell him I talked about him and one other person, the absolutely great Rita Landgraf. Uh, I will. Who is his secretary, she of uh, health and human services. She, too, 
is a huge advocate and a close friend of mine. Well, see, I'm not surprised. This doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all what your, you know, the story that uh, you're telling me that they're involved because that's just how they are. But anyway, hey, you have accomplished so much. Uh, we only have time for this one last question. So what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Wow, that, that, is, a, <laughs> that is a serious question. I, I have to say, you know, working the last nine years to get the ABLE Act across the finish line and meeting so many, you know, amazing advocates with Down syndrome and their parents and involving them in the process and really building a platform at NDSS where their voice matters, where individuals with disabilities and their families were able to speak up and convince Congress to pass probably the most bipartisan bill that's ever been passed in any Congress. You know, that's, that's what I'm really, really proud of. You know, but like I said, our work is not done. We have to pass this legislation at the state level, and then we have to make sure that ABLE accounts are working for individuals with disabilities in this country. So, you know, we have a long road ahead, but I think it's an exciting one, and I think it's truly a piece of legislation that's now law that's really, really significant for the disability community and, and essentially the general public. Well, that is awesome. And once again, your website? It's www.ndss.org. And I allow every person to end the show um, for their part of the interview with a message. Do you have a message for our listeners? Absolutely. You know, I think, and, and I hope this came out from today's conversation, Joyce, you know, it's it's about expectation. It's the expectation with what individuals with Down syndrome can do in 2015. They can go to school, they can go to college, they can work, they can get married, and they can live independently. And they are entitled to everything everyone else in this country is entitled to. And so I just want to leave your listeners with um, focus on the expectation of what individuals with Down syndrome can achieve and give them the support that you know, they need locally to achieve their own dreams and aspirations. Yes, and I agree with you. And Sarah, thank you so much for being our guest. And good luck. Lead on with this great opportunity you have. Well, thank you, Joyce. I really appreciate you letting NDSS be a part of your program. Oh, loved having you. Um, And remember, go to that website. You can make a donation. You can make a donation today to help young people and adults with Down syndrome find quality of life. Well, we end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the world of disability or the world of freedom here or anywhere in the world. And the quote today is from Beth Haller, who said, ability may be different, but humanness is the same. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned next week to hear 
the CEO two weeks from now from Highmark. Next week, Audrey Russo, CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Be with us. See you then. Lead on. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.